0: a collaborative storytelling collective building a world one game at a time. This week, we will be playing The Ground Itself by Everest Pipkin. If you like what we do here and want to get involved, follow us on Twitter, at GameWoven, where you can join our Discord and check out our Patreon at patreon.com GameWoven. Welcome to the GameWoven podcast, an actual play storytelling experiment where we build a setting one game at a time. While this is not the first episode you've heard, this is, in fact, the first episode we have recorded. The previous episodes, the dungeon crawl using quest, and building the story behind the dungeon using skeletons, both sprang from this first episode, where we play The Ground Itself by Everest Hipkin. This is the episode where we establish our setting. Right now, we have nothing. A blank page, an empty map, a shuffled deck of cards. There are no landmarks, no stories here, no history, culture, or even denizens. And over time, we will fill this world with secrets and answers. But we are not alone in this project. If Game Woven fills you with questions, curiosity, or ideas, then we invite you to join us on our Patreon, Discord, and World Anvil Wiki to play your own games in the Game Woven world. We invite you to tell stories, both long and short, submit fiction that fills in the gaps and justifies contradictions, show us fan art of your favorite one-line NPC and maybe even record your own actual play series in the game-woven world. By the end of this game of the ground itself, we may not have a rich and detailed map of the place we're building together, but we will have the broad strokes of the emerging story of a place and the people who live in it. From those threads, we will dig deeper and deeper, fleshing out towns, wars, adventures, cultures, dreams, and calamities through collaborative play using world-building and storytelling RPGs. There's no need to take notes. We will take care of that for you. So please sit back and listen to The Ground Itself by Everest Pipkin, presented by the Game Woven Podcast. Let's go around the table and
1: introduce ourselves, beginning with Zad. Hi, my name is Zadkiel Vasky Huff, and my pronouns are they, them. Find me on Twitter at Zad Kiel in green, Zadkiel in green, Z A D K I E L, in green. And you can find me on a number of different shows, including and especially this one, where I am the creative coordinator, which means I get to name the episodes. Bree.
2: Hi, I'm Brianna Jean. My pronouns are she, her. You can find me at Brianna Jeans on Twitter. I am the editor of probably too many things for one person to edit, but it's fine.
0: Lex.
3: Howdy, hey, it's me. Call me they a.k.a. woods with a Gun, a.k.a. Lex Olden, and my pronouns are they, them. You can find me doing way too many things on way too many websites. Rob.
4: I'm Rob, also known as Robbie Rolling, which you can follow if you like to watch people lurk. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the treasurer and moderator of the Discord, and I'm the one who they have to turn the audio down because I'm too loud.
2: Yeah, you're not the only one, but Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I've never been allowed a day in my life.
2: No!
0: (laughs) I don't even know what that word means. I don't know the meaning of the word. And I'm TT Benjamin, pronouns he, him. You can find me on Twitter at TTBenjamin1, and I am your showrunner for Game Woman. Before we actually get started, I wanted to read this beautiful intro from Everest about the game itself. This is gorgeous. Everest isn't here presently, but one of kind of our guiding principles is that the creator of the game is a guest at the table, so I wanted Everest's words to kind of guide us through the beginning of this. This is a game about places over time. Think about places that have been important to you. Your childhood fort under the rose bush. Your first apartment. The one with the view. The town where your grandmother spent her last few years. or. Think about places that have been or will be important to others. A city-state in revolt, an ant colony, a generation shipped 400 centuries into its voyage towards another star. Although there may be times during the game when we are compelled to widen or narrow our focus, this is not possible for us. The story we are building is about this place, this field, this star, this city, this tree, this crossroad. No matter how we feel about our characters, if they leave our frame, we may not follow. Our camera is anchored to our place, and may not pivot or stray. Remember that places have memory, that what has happened here is always, in some small or big way, written into the walls, the stones, or the future of the people who continue to live here. Fundamentally, this is a game about the echoes and traces we leave for others
1: after We are gone. It's too good. Genuinely, the thing that I hate most about the principle of the game's author as a player at the table that I wrote is that I read something like this, and it's like, hey, you don't get to tell me where you put the camera, and I'm Mm -hmm. wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I did this to me. We did this. (laughs) Jesus.
0: So I'll go through the getting started. Now... In the text, we're supposed to pass it around and decide if we're going to read by section or in turns. For this, we've decided on a facilitator that's going to be me, and uh, I will be backed up by Rob and Bree. Who Rob is a far more put together individual than I am, and Bree has done this <laughs> recently. So that's just <laughs> I've got recently, recently, <laughs> recently. Mm. Oh, man. Clear the tabletop Ooh. of extra clutter and gather a deck of cards a six-sided die, a coin, a piece of paper, and a pen or pencil. We won't be using pen or pencil, but we will have someone taking notes. We won't use the coin, but we will use an X card. I'll explain that later. Separate the cards into two stacks. One of faces, jacks, queens, kings, which I have done, and one into numbers, aces through tens. I have done that. Remove jokers. For some reason, there were six jokers in the deck of cards I picked. That was weird. (laughs) All of them were me. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Shuffle each stack and place them face down on the table. The face cards will be used during setup. The number cards will be used during gameplay. Place the die. The die will be used to establish our timeline. The sheet of paper is where we are going to keep notes. And the coin is in the gameplay. The coin is placed heads up. This is a consent mechanic. If you flip the coin to tails, then that's essentially the equivalent of an X card. We stop play, discuss why there was an X card, and then we don't resume until everyone feels comfortable doing so. In this case since we are playing over video chat, we're all pretty familiar with XNO mechanics, so I feel like we can just use those. An X means we stop immediately, an N means we are brushing up near something we would like to discuss or or like back off from, and an O is a general like hey, I would like to check in with everybody because I think someone might be uncomfortable and isn't vocalizing it. So we all know that. We can put those in the chat. We can hand signal. The setting for our game should be decided collaboratively around the table. So what we're going to do is we are going to kind of suggest a pitch, and then we will, everyone will kind of go around and add something to that. I think generally off camera, we've sort of vaguely decided on a fantasy setting, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. So... The whole game-woven concept is going to take place on likely just an isolated fantasy continent. So we'll start with isolated fantasy continent. Would anyone like to yes-and on top of that, while we get a few little things hammered out?
4: I love being a good big fantasy city, but I kind of like the idea of focusing on more like a sprawling countryside, right? Like minimal population, small communities maybe.
1: I was going to say that that is... I'm interested even just in starting with a more pastoral fantasy setting. Ooh. Yeah, like the sort of place that your wander home heroes would come out of or perhaps yeah. be passing through. You know, you go off to the one side and there's the Deadlands. You go off to the other side and there's the big magitech city. But this is... I want to say central to, like, Heartland of the Continent. Away from major, maybe not necessarily a heartland, but like not a crossroads necessarily. This is it.
0: Liminal? Very liminal. This all sounds very like, like yeah. a between. like. Yeah, a, like
1: borderlands. The borderland. Borderlands. Okay.
2: Two or three small towns that are connected via decently well kept roads, but it's mostly like sprawling farmlands and forests. Two
1: of them that are connected by relatively well-maintained roads, and then a third one that you can get to on the river. Ooh, a little river town. Love it. Yeah. I like that. Lex? Hmm? Do you have something you would
0: like to throw on top of here? No, I was going to say, I'm
3: cool with fantasy shenanigans, but also, I'm okay if things get weird.
0: Oh, they are going to. Hell yeah! Yep. But
2: this, you remember how the last it went? It's yeah, absolutely good. You remember, how the, get you remember weird.
0: how the tech test went? That got <laughs> weird immediately. We wasted no time. I don't know what you mean.
1: <laughs> so, anyways, they're all squid people, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, that's right. the goal.
0: Got it. Okay, cool. Nailed it. All right, there we go. We're gonna get there. <laughs> We've got three towns in sort of a border, pastoral, liminal air fantasy area. One that's along the river. And then one that are, they're connected by roads, which is lovely. I would like to pitch a secret fourth town that is under the river.
2: (gasps) Oof.
4: There's that Lex spice. There it
0: is. (laughs) Fucking go.
2: You can only get to it through this cave that no one really knows where to find unless you know where it is.
0: Yeah. Okay. Or
4: or being able to go under rivers.
0: (laughs) Basberg. Vassberg. Vasberg. Vasberg. with a B. That's Vasberg. Okay. Establishing our place. Each player is dealt cards from the face card stack in a circle until no cards are left. We won't do that, but I do have it ready, so I'm just going to draw cards and tell you what they are when we go. Going in this same circle, each player sets down one card at a time and answers the question. They may read the questions first, etc. It's a little looser, but what we'll do is uh, we're just going to go around with the face cards. These are our establishing questions about the place. And we are going to start with Bree. Bree, I have drawn the King of Diamonds. Ooh, okay, here we go. Who or what is in power here? Is it a ruler, an apex predator, a series of laws that govern society, the weather? Who is in power, Bree?
2: Small collection of towns. They aren't really connected to anything. So I'll say the people with the most power and the most influence are the people who carry information and goods between these towns because all they have is each other.
3: Ooh. Like the travelers. And merc- Messengers and couriers are a big deal.
4: <coughs> okay. Because uh, merc-
2: you piss off a courier, then that, that doesn't go well for you. It's just like the rule of never piss off the secretary.
0: Love that. That's fantastic. All right, we're going to go to... So the messengers and couriers are a big deal here, but they're, it's is there, like, a formal government? Or, like, kind of... Bleh? I don't
2: know. What do y'all think? I mean, it feels
0: like
4: they would probably pretty insular, right? Yeah, it, yeah. If they're that isolated, right? Yeah,
3: if they're so isolated that the biggest collection of power is with messengers... The Postal Service?
4: The Postal Service, yeah.
3: There probably is, like, actual, like, mayors or governors or whatever.
4: Yeah, like a town council.
3: But then the Postal Service are, like, the jocks of the area or whatever.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well, see, like, what happened is the Postmaster General told all of his dudes that were going around the area, like, Oh, just tell everybody that the king said I'm in charge. And the messengers were like, Wait, which king? And he was like, "Eh, don't worry about it. Just tell them that they said that I'm in charge. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah, big play.
2: When you're the one controlling the communication, you have a lot of control over how things happen between these different cities. And I imagine, like, there are some written rules. I also imagine there's some unwritten rules. Mm. Even if they aren't officially rules, just things you know what to do, which a lot of it's like, don't mess with the couriers because they could also be carrying something really important. If they're bringing news that town A has been attacked and that town B is next and you mess with them and they don't get delivered to that message, your hometown's screwed and it's all your fault.
3: Yeah, You rule number one, don't fuck with the runner's
4: guild. The runner's guild! Ooh! In the thing, it did say to keep these answers short. I do love this, though.
0: Right, we should keep it short, but that was very juicy. All right, Lex, your question. hmm What are the threats to this place? Are these threats to the materiality of the place or the people that live in it?
3: Oh, it's got to be the people. Because in my head, if, there's, if the couriers are so important, that must mean leaving sucks. Like, Ooh, mm-hmm. leaving must be awful for whatever reason. So those who manage to leave, badasses. Like, they're just cool. You gotta be good at sprinting real fast or something. Whatever the required skill
0: is for leaving town. Probably gotta be able to run, fight, or have, like, the wealth to, like, have a horde or something. Yeah.
2: Are there monsters in the woods?
0: It's
3: gotta be monsters in the woods. You know, fantasy, but also, like, what monsters are so bad that you just can't leave town? Every generic D setting there's like you know there's like zombies in the woods but a dude with a with a stick can solve that one what's so bad that <laughs> you're like hey, only like four people can leave
0: dude we're staying put i'm really curious about this maybe we will maybe we'll have to like find out you as we go <clears> 100 percent <throat> have to fight yeah yeah <laughs> uh,
4: Chekhov i think would be, be like no nah, you're good fam oh yeah oh yeah chekov's ominous threat in the distance
1: Chekhov's threat to not be
4: introduced later.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Chekhov's letter that says, hey, don't go outside of this little area here. Trust us on this one. Sincerely, The Runners.
0: Also, I know that was phrased like a threat, but I promise it's definitely not a threat. Actually, as I continue writing this, it sounds more and more threatening, but I promise this is not a threat. Okay, love The Runners. (laughs) 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 (sighs) Rob. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay, the Queen of Hearts. Who or what, a person, landmark, or society, has been in this place the longest? How did they come to be here? Basically, a person, place, or thing has been here the longest. What is it? Let's say the river. Because
4: especially if traveling is such a big deal,
0: rivers were the shit for traveling,
4: right, in, like, lower-tech society. So I'm imagining, like, we're working with, like, a Mississippi, like, a huge really important geographic landmark this is how people get their food this is how they get out of the region if they do it's the linchpin to a lot of people surviving it's a Nile situation yeah Yeah. oh
0: yeah gotcha alright Zad the Jack of Clubs what was this place in the past how long ago was that
1: In the past, this place was a battlefield. It was an ash heap. It was the graveyard of uh, army after army. And it's been... Oh man, from the time that we started, like... It's only been long enough for those camps to start turning into towns and everything to get planted over. It's been a good 100 years since the last battle here. So it used to be a battlefield and that was 100 years ago now.
0: Clarifying question, why was this place where all these armies died? I feel like it's the river.
1: Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, there used to be a bridge over Bastown or Bassburg. And and the yeah. there, there used to be a bridge over Bassburg and then at one point the Marathoner General uh, sent a message to the folks in the Southland saying hey, your enemies in the East have, have declared the uh, Bassburg Bridge is uh, neutral territory and safe passage and then sent a letter to the folks in the East were like, hey, I just got word from everybody in the South and this is meant to be neutral territory that will be presided over Everybody got those letters. Everybody got the letters declaring the general troops as agreed to by their foes. So it sounds to me like this place
4: was also like even then before the battlefield, it was like a hub because it had this big bridge. And now the bridge is gone. And now it's nobody needs to come here.
1: Is that the interesting thing or is it that? okay like cards on the table i'm like the messenger service has been massaging the truth in ways is an interesting oh, one for sure i maintain sure. peace okay. yeah
4: oh yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah 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 yeah.
1: okay
2: can't be war with both of the armies are dead
1: do we want the Basberg bridge to still be there or do we want it to be gone it could be gone it was
4: a battlefield so it's it has the implication that it's no longer a battlefield but it could it, the
1: bridge could still be out i don't know
0: there is a way to cross. I'm sure the grand opulence that was the Bassburg Bridge, I'll bet that's gone.
1: Yeah. It ain't what it used to be out there. The fairies are fine.
0: Alright, my draw. The Jack of Diamonds. What is this place named or called? Who named it and for what reason? Well, is this name for the collective four towns area? Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to name, like, the surrounding lands, because, of course, like, lands also generally have a name. And I think they were probably called something like the Fertile River Valley or something during all the wars, because I'll bet they, they, you can get a lot of good food, because it's, like, floodplains, and it's down off the mountains, and you can, like, like, you can really harvest a lot of food out of here. But now it's just called the Bronze Hollow Valley, because... There are all of these shrines that are basically stacked like cairns of old discarded weaponry from the wars that sort of serve as like
1: markers and stuff. And just like out in the middle of fields.
0: Middle of fields along the road, they use them as markers. You can see like a freaking spear holding up like a town sign, like repurposed battlefield weaponry after a hundred years of peace, and now they just sort of like they're just like everywhere. So it's called the Bronze Hollow.
4: Oh, did you hear about like the Jacobson? Yeah, they're like they're, they're, the, per- they're, they're the farm three cairns down. Uh, they got
0: a new. Their cow gave birth, right? They've got a bearded great axe on the door. You can't miss it
2: lots of kids look mommy I found an arrowhead that's that's great
4: sweetie Wow, put it with the others put it with the rest
3: of them (laughs) so my Latin kicked into my brain which reminds me of a thing called a tropium which is where we got the word trophy which is to honor a victory you took the enemy soldier's armor hung it up on a thing and then dedicated it to a god oh I'll bet there's
0: a buttload of those Yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. Many Trapion
2: Confirmation, this place does have gods
0: Yes, we have established that there are gods Or at least people think there are And at a minimum, we are Bronze Age tech (laughs) Yeah (laughs) And there was
1: a bridge at one point Air minimum Bronze Age tech Okay Or there was, it was Bronze Age tech at least 100 years ago i don't know where we are now not sure where we could be
0: and there's probably magic we're pretty sure there's magic probably magic well, I mean, we've there. got at least one town under the river so mm-hmm. something is making that work we'll get there, get there. yeah we'll get there Bree, the jack of hearts oh hey here we go who lives here what is an average person like in this place what do they look like what do they wear
2: what if everyone that lives here is descended from the families of the soldiers who all died in the war?
0: Okay. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Love it. Laid the arms down and just, we live here now.
1: Yeah, I think the two sounds that didn't have the bridge or like the two towns that are connected by the road now. Those were just like repeatedly used as camps. By various armies that have been passing through.
4: Almost like the idea of like they're on like opposite sides of like a v- ridge or something because they were just like in that stalemate of like if one side goes to attack the camp they'll lose so in the other side goes to camp attack the camp they lose so they just sat there for like years. Mm-hmm.
1: So they were semi permanent already.
2: Yeah, but it's it's probably been long enough that there might have been some intermixing almost, even though it is now not safe to travel, but. There's a lot going on in the war and there might have been a time like as they were settling when they sent people around to like go and help. And then they started realizing, oh wait, it's it's dangerous to travel. You shouldn't like travel on the roads unless you're a runner. We know how to handle this. So it's just ordinary people, but you can see in some of them like you can see the signs where they still bear the look and different features of the soldiers who died in the war.
0: I'm already getting such a cool idea to do like Traveler and everyone is runners delivering a critical message. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'd be... Oh, yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. anyway, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: Ideas. <laughs> Ideas are good.
0: Throw that on the pile. We're going to get a lot of those. I actually have a follow-up question. We keep mentioning Bassburg. The question has to do with who lives here. So who lives in Bassburg? Please. Please stop me. Of people. Free. Please, break. Fish people. <laughs> it's under the river. <laughs>
4: the bass boys.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> under the river in the town of Bassburg lives a people that have not been seen by anyone walking the surface aside from those who have gotten lost.
0: Ooh. Mm. Ooh. 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 mm
2: mm-hmm. No one knows where they came from or how long they've been there. All they know is just... They're definitely different, okay. except those who get lost, so like make them at home.
0: Mmm. Ooh. All right, Lex, Queen of Clubs. Mm-hmm. What was the greatest moment in this place's history? Damn, we covered a huge battlefield. That wasn't it?
1: <laughs> right? That was a lot of moments. There's a lot of battles here. Well, and there's a Ooh. lot, I mean,
0: there's a lot of history here, too,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah.
3: We just have weapons lying around everywhere, right? Everywhere. Just everywhere. We have a bridge that is destroyed, or if you want to go weird and mystical, vanished. <gasps> if you want to go weirder, it just left on its own accord. <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, maybe because I had that misunderstanding that it was gone, and in, in Zad's head, it was here. So what if it just comes back and back and forth? Like, sometimes oh. you can, the bridge is here, sometimes it's not. And it's deal, a bit. deal with that.
3: The legend has it, you maybe shouldn't cross it, because it doesn't always go where you think it will.
0: <laughs> if it decides to leave while you're on it! Oh no! <laughs> oh yes!
2: Look, Mom, cross it up! Oop.
1: Well, I was thinking that it bamfed like Nightcrawler, so it's <laughs> the, the Bamping Basper Bridge.
2: <laughs> yes! Okay, moving on.
0: So was the construction of the bridge the greatest moment in history, or...
1: The first time it showed up?
0: Yeah, maybe it wasn't constructed. Oh.
3: Maybe it was a gift from supposedly a god. Oh. Ooh. They're all into the a travel, so it could have been, like, the god of travel or something, and I'm like, hey, it sucks out here. Y'all praying for things to be a little bit easier? Here's a cool magic bridge. Oh, and then you fought over it? Mm, I'm taking mm. it away now. Oh, I'm taking it away. You've lost, I'm turning this bridge <laughs> around. You've lost <laughs> bridge privilege, privileges.
0: Your privileges.
3: <laughs> Your privileges. Um, Bill. <laughs> which, by the way, for a, for a bridge to be that important, it's gotta be like an impassable gorge somewhere, right? A big fucking river.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like really wide across. It is colossal. Yeah. I've mm-hmm. driven across
2: um, the Mississippi multiple times. I mean, yes. I
0: live right next to the Mississippi. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. you can get across it in a boat, but it will suck you downstream multiple miles unless you've got like guide ropes and stuff. So people can cross without the bridge. It just sucks. It sucks. That's mm-hmm. what yeah. it comes down to. Yeah.
3: So the river is wide, it's gotta be like the water's gotta be rough and fast. Maybe something lives in the water. I don't know. Something sucks about the river on top, like beyond to the point where they went, hey, literal God, please. <laughs> love it. All right,
0: Rob. Hey, when the bridge appeared. Yeah, that's it. Love it. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah. Rob, the exact opposite of the previous, the Queen of Spades. What was the greatest tragedy in this place's past? How is it observed and remembered? Ooh. Right? All right. So so the first thing that
4: came to my head that's been swirling around is the question of why people are leaving the weapons alone. Because, like, obviously, like, respecting the dead, but also, like, I imagine metal isn't the easiest thing to come across. Practically, you would want to melt that down to some degree. So, to me, there had to have been the climactic battle, the final battle left a scar on the people and the weapons that were involved in it. Ooh. And and you know, not to mess with those people and those weapons when they show up.
0: And the descendants still struggle with, they'll have like a birthmark where the mm. wounds were on the, on the dead. And so oh, the yeah. scars left by that mm. battle, We'll never leave those families.
2: I just had a thought. What if the reason most people don't leave their town is because they're afraid this leftover curse will cause them to start the war back up again?
0: Ooh. Mm, or at the very least, that's what they've been told. Yeah, Maybe maybe it's true maybe there's maybe there are monsters too like there's maybe there's like a whole like a multiplicative effect but i like the idea of them being so afraid of this calamitous war that they're like we can't leave here we'll just go start a war somewhere
2: (laughs) yeah but but with the runners maybe the runners like okay like oh we're we came from somewhere else or like they don't have the hallmarks like you were mentioning the scars they don't have those so like okay You've proven you can go over there without murder hoboing, so congratulations, you're a runner now.
1: What better way to keep somebody from becoming a runner than to tell them that they they legitimately need to stay here, otherwise they're going to start a war?
4: Mm, Yeah. Well, it could even also be, what better way to get people to stay planned than to be like, hey, if people realize this place was safe again and you could travel here... There's gonna be another, another
1: war. war. Mm. Mm.
0: I feel like probably the runners, so there's probably runners who are like native to the towns, and then there's runners who are outsiders who aren't affected by the curse. The runners who are natives are descendant from the original messengers who were by law not allowed to carry weapons and therefore didn't technically participate in the war. Mm. Mm.
2: Yeah. So they were not affected by the curse. I swear yeah. I'm not trying to make this thing a big giant ceasefire reference, but it's happening.
4: <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's fine. <laughs> Wait, did we... Oh no, is this a generational trauma? Ooh. Oh no. Oh,
0: no, generational trauma, that's not popular in media right now. I had
3: the thought was like, if there are monsters, it'd be sick if they just learned how to use the weapons lying around.
0: <gasps> oh, they're like desiccatory
3: I've never played Dark Souls,
4: but I've seen the Sith fight, where it's a wolf with a giant sword in its mouth, and just like, so so like monsters, either have the weapons incorporated or like if they're old enough, the thing that popped in my head was like a saber-toothed tiger, but with like bronze, yeah, saber teeth. Those like curved, mm-hmm. uh, oh yeah, like cimitar- mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, a scimitar tooth tiger.
0: Zad, what is valued in this place? What is it known to have in excess?
1: People from the Hollow Valley, the thing that they truly value is just having a simple way of life. Not even just, like, simple way of life, but, like, the honest living that they are able to do. Uh, they value their culture and their, their festivals that they have. They value taking the harvest and just not having their shit disrupted by outsiders. And so tradition, I think, is is the thing that is really valued. What was the second part of that? What is this
0: place known to have in abundance? So we've established this is very fertile land, and we've established that there's lots of old discarded weapons. Anything else?
1: Access to other parts of the world. By way of a raging river. (laughs) True, yeah, but you can get across the river. Uh, Also, it's a major food exporter. You can pass the trials of the river. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I would say security because blood getting over the river <laughs> for that one specific town that's across, they have to get through the river.
0: Oh yeah, coming to invade this place must suck,
4: right? Big time, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, at this point,
1: yeah.
0: I kind of had a thought in mind, Zad. Maybe a little yes and maybe a clarifying question. Like, <laughs> time has passed since the war, so the people that were alive during that final battle aren't alive anymore. Is there something keeping the tradition alive outside of just the people enjoying the tradition? I had in my head, because there's a curse, maybe that's...
1: Yeah. You know? It's not even just the, the, the people who the original bears of the curse are passed on. It's that they passed it on to their kids, and their kids are now also gone. So... The people who were still living there had their little uh, warding ways to prevent the blood rage from setting in. They have superstitions and prohibitions against how often and when you should drink alcohol. Or, you know, the, the little full ways. And so much of it revolves around being prohibitions against violence or little ways that you keep things in order. People from this area put things in rows. You put them in these neat and orderly rows and then you leave them there because they're all descended from soldiery and they're also three Mm -hmm. generations removed from soldiery. So that these things, it's like, well, hey, uh, why did you just set all of those things in a row? Uh, Something that my grandmother did. That's
4: how
0: they go.
1: What we do here.
2: I have an additional question. If they have prohibitions against violence, do they even hunt? Or are they primarily, like, vegetarian lifestyle?
4: So, I had an idea to expand upon the curse, right? So there's the idea of, like, the scars are still there. So, in moments of rage and anger, these cursed people, if they succumb to that, they start to basically relive that family member's moments in the battle and just like lose them so they like feel like they are in the middle of the battle. Genetically transmitted PTSD. PTSD. Oh my
3: god. Oh Oh, that's the worst. What have we done to these people?
2: I knew it wouldn't stay cheery very long.
1: They don't even have very much music. Or like their music is very soothing. It's all about calming,
4: right? So it'd be all like very soothing and very orderly, very repetitive. Mm-hmm. These people got lo-fi to be studying and relaxed. <laughs>
3: <laughs> From a D&D perspective, they're all monks trying their hardest to not be barbarian.
4: Yeah. And and so and so that would mean that there would be like a subset of the population that either are like the outsiders who can hunt without worrying about the curse. Or mm-hmm. are like, oh, though, you don't talk to you don't talk to them. Those are the people who hunt, and if you talk to them, they might just punch you, right? Like mm-hmm. they might attack yeah. you because these are the people who are like living on the edge of their curse for the betterment of the town.
0: Ooh, there's probably people that do that, and there, there's probably trappers because I mm-hmm. bet you like the trappers are able okay. to go out, set traps, and get small game and stuff without necessarily compromising themselves because it's more dispassionate that way, but I'll I'll bet you they mostly, like, I'll bet meat is for festivals and otherwise they mostly do grown foods, vegetables and stuff. Mm -hmm.
4: This also makes me think that this is a society that really values law, trials and reason, because if you can't solve things with violence, you need to solve things with usually reason and law.
0: I'll bet you massive amounts of things that would get someone heated are handled very ritualistically. I'm thinking probably arranged marriages are very heavy here, because expressions of passions are the way to outbursts of anger. So my question, are
3: runners the ones who are immune to this curse so they can go freely? Or are they the ones who are predisposed and they're sent to be runners to get them out of the town?
2: I feel like people who are pretty disposed just get kicked out of the town towards the forest side where all the monsters are.
0: Yeah. I figured ask as an alternate. I mean, there might be some hunters that like try their hand at running, but I'll bet you being a runner is way, way riskier mm-hmm. than hunting. And so they usually don't last very long. But yeah, I like the idea of there are some jobs where you have to really live on the edge and that mm-hmm. even though that's for the good of the community, you're sort of a pariah. I think that's really sad too. Damn it. What are we doing to these people?
2: <laughs> Let's keep going. We can give them some things to yeah. be happy about and hopefully
0: uh, not ruin it. Some joy, please. I have probably the funnest one to, to, to conclude our opening remarks on, which is the King of Hearts. What stories are told in or about this place? Does it have legends or myths? Does it have religion? Stories don't go there haunted bad. Legends or myths? Yes, very many of them. Does it have religion? Oh boy, does it have religion? (laughs) A lot of it. Just about... I don't want to say it's like they practice through superstition, but I feel like they have little tiny rituals for basically almost every (laughs) daily task.
4: Right, like Mm we just like putting everything in a row.
0: They probably like tap the door... Three times before they go in, or like the like, just these little sorts of things that you do. Say a little prayer right before you pick the corn,
1: or or like you knock going through every single door frame so that you don't startle the people inside the room. Yeah, Yeah. it's common to wear to wear a small bell on your left shoe for the same reason, specifically the left one. Yeah,
4: yeah, and also I imagine being very cognizant of social status, like respecting elders as like a pass down of military rank of like, oh, this is my father. This is my parent. This is like
0: this is a runner. This is like mm-hmm. these people who who mm-hmm. have like status and, and are important. And I have an answer for why specifically the left shoe. Are you ready for it? They're yeah, descendant yes. from the military. And so when you march, you always step off with your left foot. So you put the bell on your left shoe because that's the foot you start with. God damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah you
2: do with the religion i almost think they either like have or have made their own goddess of like peace and order and tranquility mm. oh. whether or not this is an actual goddess or just someone that they made up or someone that they believe is the goddess of that they firmly worship this person yes
4: yeah, so that's the <laughs> question because like we've established there's a god of travel who has to be at least acknowledged because there's the bridge It sounds to me less like a worship of a deity It's just like their beliefs. And then there is also a pantheon of gods that you might, may Mm. or may not worship in addition to. But I also like the idea of a new deity or like a new interpretation of a deity that these people have placed all these things under.
3: Yeah. Now, are the God of Peace and God of Travel two separate ones or are they one god with multiple things, that happens in different places, right? Fair,
0: true. I think I'm really interested in diving in on the deities. I don't know... I think the god of travel is very heavy here. I think the curse, both the bridge and I think the curse is related in some way to the god of travel, because Mm -hmm. this curse is heavily, like, is all about restriction and staying put. So this is, like, kind of a travel curse and kind of a repression curse. Mm -hmm. There might be, like, a peace deity or something, or they may have just sort of made this figment up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we plan on doing like a deities episode later on. And so now we've definitely got to start. There's definitely at least one God that God is of travel and there's probably a peace God.
2: (laughs) The God of travel is probably a dick.
0: (laughs) We can just at least say that
4: right now there's a local deity that like all of these practices are attributed to them.
0: I like that. Yeah, great. So that is going to conclude kind of our opening. I feel like we really, really have a sense for this place. Pretty magical. I did want to say one thing about the fourth underwater village we
3: made. Or under river. I don't know if it's underwater or under the river. We'll figure that out. Bree has said something about when people become really susceptible they get kicked out. Uh, what
2: is it? Uh, uh, Some of them.
3: Yeah. Fourth place is where they all end up.
2: Has every single one of them, without fail, without realizing it, ends up getting lost in the woods, finds the cave, and finds their way down, Bassburg.
0: Mm. down, down to Bassburg. Down, down to Bassburg town, down, down to Bassburg down. Other
2: people have gotten lost and never found it. People have gone looking for it and never found it. But if you are starting to give in and you get lost in the woods every single time without fail.
0: I love it.
2: What the fuck is going on down at Bassford? We'll have to see.
0: We'll find out next week on Game Woven. Thank you for listening to Game Woven. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Game Woven, join the Discord, support us on Patreon, and consider leaving us a review on Apple, Spotify, or whatever host you normally use. This week's episode featured me, TT Benjamin, at TTBenjamin1 on Twitter. Lex at call me they on Twitter, that's call underscore me underscore they, Brianna at Brianna Jeans on Twitter, Zad at Zad Kiel in green, that's Z-A-D-K-I-E-L in green on Twitter, and Rob at Rob V Rolling on Twitter.